Hey, it's Craig from Revolution Radio. This is just a reminder. Can you hit that subscribe button? That way you never miss a new episode of Canadian AF. And now, Revolution Radio and Canadian AF are proud to announce we are the newest members of a collective of some of the planet's greatest content creators on the new Cryer Media family. You can check out all the goodies that Cryer Media has to offer, including this podcast, at Cryer.co. Once again, that's C-R-I-E-R dot C-O. Thanks so much for listening to Revolution Radio, and enjoy this podcast. And here we are, live. We are live, my friends. Live, live, live. Canadian as fuck, right here. On Revolution Radio, this is episode 61. Our man, Dimitri Alexiou, is back. He's back. K-back. And uh, he I is primed and I, ready to I go. I thought I was wrestling Yaks in Nepal. No, that's, were, that's what I was told. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Wrestling Yaks in Nepal. That's what Dimitri uh, just finished doing a couple days ago. So okay. great to have our friend back. Derek Lewis is off tonight. He is, uh, well, he's actually taking pictures of beautiful people. He is a professional photographer. So he is uh, he's doing that. Our man, Army Chris, just finished DJing. Uh, probably one of the craziest weddings you've ever seen in your entire life. And uh, It was different. Nice. We're probably gonna have to talk about that on the air, buddy. So we're uh, we're sure. gonna get going. I uh, I saw your setup at the uh, at the venue that you were at. It just looked fantastic. I love those. If decks you do a new so. if you do a newfie wedding, be prepared for uh, a dynamically ever evolving, changing environment. <laughs> Excellent. Ben, I I literally I, I have nothing to say to that. That's Write fantastic. that down, everybody. That is. <laughs> that's right if you do that type of wedding folks be prepared so manage your uh, expectations anyway. well welcome everyone and we are very lucky to be joined this evening by an instrumentalist uh songwriter incredible musician uh dr draw is hanging out with us tonight and we greatly appreciate <laughs> yeah. your time my friend so thanks so much for being here we really appreciate it this yeah, is awesome he, yeah, yeah. He'll be Dimitri's, playing, yeah. He's, he's, playing Dimitri's. Up, he's playing this upcoming weekend outside the Beecher Cafe at the Street Fest for, as part of the Beaches Jazz Fest. Nice. Which is one of the happiest times of the year. Yeah. It's one weather's... of the happiest times of the year. Beaches Jazz be Fest is a blast, man. It's so much mm. fun. For sure. That's great. Dr. Draw, congratulations, my friend. And uh, we've you. got a lot to talk with you about, so we're going to get things going. Uh, Dimitri, acknowledgement, please. Okay. Canadian as fuck would like to begin by acknowledging the indigenous peoples of all the lands that we are on today. While we meet tonight on a virtual platform, we would like to take a moment to acknowledge the importance of the lands we call home. And we do this to reaffirm our commitment and responsibility in improving relationships between nations, to improving our own understanding of local indigenous peoples and cultures, and to try to move forward in a spirit of reconciliation and collaboration. Much appreciated, as always, Dimitri. I love it when you start out the program like that. Our friend Dimitri brought us this young man here, and we're going to, uh, well, let's get into it, Dimitri, shall we? Take it away. Awesome. Oh, well, actually, Craig, um, I I don't know which of the two songs we're going to start with. Uh, what? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, this is like the latest... This is the latest song I was able to find on Dr. Draw's title platform. But uh, do you have anything that you want to tell us about this track, uh, Dr. Draw? The very beginning of pandemic, I was bored and I wanted to do a bunch of stuff. So I contacted all my friends that I went on tour with over the years. And I'm like, send me a sample of what you have and I'll work with it. 
And then a buddy of mine who I toured Sri Lanka with, he's from Nepal, actually. You just got back, man. You just got back. That's a lie. That, that, sorry, sorry <laughs> Eugene, Eugene, that's a lie. I was actually. That's amazing. What an amazing segue. Thank you. <laughs> that was perfect. I spent, four, I spent four days in Quebec City, two, nice. two days in Montreal, two days in Ottawa. That was my, that was my holiday. But, and six okay. days in Nepal. But, like, yeah. <laughs> but your, friend, oh your friends from Nepal, go on. It's funny because yeah. geographically, like <laughs> Quebec is kind of like Nepal of, of North America, isn't it? Yeah, like, it really is. Like, <laughs> Some of the tallest like... mountains in the world are in Quebec. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's also a lie, ladies and gentlemen. But, yeah. um, but he, <laughs> sent me a, he sent me back a bunch of stuff, like a flute sample and a track that he finished. And uh, me and my uh, producer, Jeff Antoine, we got inspired by it. And we just brought everybody in, like lo local talent. Like a local saxophonist, uh, Gordon um, Highland, also brought in uh, Serge Nicole, who is a guy who plays a little over town, and everyone can contribute it. So it was like a first collaborative track, yeah, of uh, of the whole lockdown. It's a lot of fun. Okay, awesome. Well, well, well let's get the show started. <clears throat> this this is uh, Canadian as fuck with our good friend Doctor Draw, yeah. and this is this is his uh, latest song, Kicha. Not from his new upcoming album, but it's still his latest song, Kicha, on Canadians Fuck on Revolution Radio.
So, Can't spell Canadian that. as fuck. This yeah. that was Doctor Draw on Canadian as fuck on Revolution Radio, and uh, yeah, you were commenting, Doctor Draw, that that's not your usual style, but still, I think that 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 sort of that sort of suggests the the passion that mm-hmm. you that you perform with. Uh, like I've seen you perform like a number of times in a number of venues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and um and uh yeah, you oh and I think that like it's it's the pat it's the passionate style that you perform with that is that I think exactly. is your trade is your trademark. And so and I think that, that song suggested, even though you say that that's not your usual style. Which is which is kind of exciting because it's like it feels more adult contemporary than than what I've ever done before. Uh, and it was, it was actually easy to do this because it's like I took myself on a journey rather than doing something that I systematically do. <laughs> so it was good. It was, uh, I feel older doing that one. I feel like Kenny G a little bit. Fantastic. So you emigrated to Toronto in, at nine years old. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, actually, 10, 10 and a half, 11. Oh, shit. Okay. And uh, were you already playing violin when you got um, a here? little, a little bit? Well, like my parents went through Middle East, so we were in Israel for a little bit, and we had a neighbor that played the viola. Um, and then he was busking and performing on the street, but he was very insecure about doing that because he came from orchestra background and so and so, and also going through immigration. So I, I saw him like in a corner somewhere on the street playing busking, and I'm like, I want to do that, but I took it to. Like I just practiced on the streets. I took the most major intersection and put up a sign and says, like, which said, "I am earning money for violin lessons." Oh! And I just practiced there and got the guy basically give me lessons with whatever money I would make playing on the street. And I got so much pity cash, like it was crazy. People were like, "Oh my god, this kid he needs some," and it it was beautiful. (laughs) I love it and and motivated. And then so I came to Canada and I'm like, the first thing I did, I was like. I'm like, I'm not going to practice at home. It's boring. Go out and do scales on the street. Um, oh. That's, yeah, it worked out perfectly. It was really nice. It was help, nice helping out my parents, too, uh, going through like immigration and everything. Plus, that's the way like you meet people as well. Now, like normally, like a violinist would be like suggested as going in a classical direction. Were you planning on going in a classical direction initially? Um, I, I think so. I tried. But I, but it was already so like way too late, and I was already improvising, um, and then so for some reason I figured like you know what I'm already making money I already have a job doing this, and this feels more comfortable. If I went in a classical direction, it would I would have been just stuck practicing other people's music. For me, it was like I would like to improvise and compose. Um, so that was a completely different direction. But it's but it's now like I love classical music. I'm just not a classical violinist. So, yeah, I, I have no idea what I do. It's just it's, it's so niche. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, it's not folk. It's not classical. It's not rock. It's just it's just me. Yeah. And like the interesting thing is like when I when I talked to you last year outside the Beecher Cafe during Jazz Fest last year and and uh, and everybody, he's going to be outside the Beecher Cafe this from Thursday to Sunday this coming weekend um, at the Beaches Jazz Festival. Um, cost you no money to attend. Well, you might want to pay for parking, uh, or, have, like, you know. But, but, well, or, or or please take public transit, you know, because like <laughs> there's not a lot of parking, honestly. But um, but uh, yeah, you can find him there. And the thing is, he always he always draws a crowd. 
I can tell you that. You know, Doctor Draw always and and the and the cat doesn't come in as part of the act. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, she's, like, she's like, help me. <laughs> but I, I talked I, ta- I talked to you last year and I asked you if like if you had ever heard of Nash the Slash. Of course. And and uh, and you said that when you were younger you hadn't. You you you'd only recently and I thought like and I thought like oh that was kind of surprising because I thought you kind of you kind of have a like I've only recently got into Nasha Slash and FM and like and there is a similar thing that you guys are doing but like you didn't know about him when you were younger. Yeah, it you was know? it there was no I guess it just wasn't exposed to it. Like, I mean, now you have the internet, but like, I grew up when there was no internet. Absolutely. And then um, Nash to Slash was, I've eventually discovered him. And it was like an odd admiration that came around. I wish I knew this person. And I ended up recording actually in FM studio at that time. It was Marty Deller who had a oh, studio. Oh, yeah. The, tr- in, the drummer. The beaches. Yeah. 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 So I recorded in his studio one of my albums. Um, and but it was it, it it was sad to see that he's not as like as famous as he should be. Absolutely, he's a pioneer, and uh, there's a it's a weird thing. I don't know why, and it's it's, it's still kind of like boggles me a bit. Like he should have been a lot bigger than like people. Yeah, for, yeah it's sad. We we yeah. got to do something. He's kind of a cult figure, you know. Exactly. So um so so how did you? So if you didn't go if you didn't go into if you didn't go into a classical direction and you were just improvising like how did you how did you how did you glom onto your style that um I think I think it was just a lot of repetition so on a street like you got to keep the audience uh, fascinated and and in awe but also yourself so I found like my thing was dancing while I was performing and a lot of rhythmic stuff and little patterns um, where I kept on repeating like little musical mantras. And that defined the style that I still to this day follow. Uh, very, a lot of rhythmic stuff. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, basically I do the same thing what I did when I was 14 years old, just with more melodies. Not a lot of things have changed, which is, which is nice. Like, cause I, I, sometimes I try to like go into all these other directions, like, nah, I'm back here again. Like I buy all these books to exercise my technique <laughs> and they just lay there collecting dust. Yeah. But, but I try, I try. It's like, kind of always come back to what you're comfy with. Mm-hmm. It's nice. What are some and, of your earliest, sorry, what are some of your earliest influences? If you don't mind me asking, like as far as music goes, not just in regards to your instrument and everything like that, but just like as far as, helping you to create music, kind of finding your sound and, and all of those good things? Like what, what sort of stuff did you grow up listening to? Um, I mean, the first, first artist, I guess, first band was the Beatles. So as a kid, um, I had a parakeet, parakeet, the little thing, that little bird. Um, and we used to rock out to the Beatles as a kid. And, and, like, and then for some reason, I thought that band was still around. And I'm like, oh, I want to join the Beatles when I get older. Uh, so that was the first influence, <laughs> really dug them. Pink Floyd, The Wall was hugely influential, um, and then Kate Bush was massive too. Right on. Uh, oh. as a kid, um, and wow. then a lot of Michael Jackson, shit tons of Michael Jackson because I was like, and then well, as I got old, avoidable. yeah, exactly. But it was, and then when it came to Canada, um, it was 
Ace of Base. That was <laughs> <laughs> and, and then and then a lot of just uh oh man, there's uh, Ashley McIsaac was quite a big influence as well. You know what? Like oh, no. yeah, that that of course he was for like Huge. somebody who plays your instrument. Yeah. Yeah, because sure, he was like, I remember my violin teacher like was telling me, he was like, I went to Harbor Front Center, and there was Ashley playing. He was stomping on the ground and doing everything you do, and he was up there, and he's like, and I was just like, that's so sweet. It's like there's people that are doing this. He was, he definitely set the world up for something like that, because it's either you play it rough and and hardcore violin, and or you're classical, or if you're pop, then you're a cheesy violinist. And there's, and I thought with electric violin when I started, there was only a few electric violinists. And everyone's doing kind of hardcore stuff. And I was like, oh, we're going to have like punk bands and blah, blah, blah. A little bit of that. Now it's uh, everyone just went super cheese. Yeah. yeah. So, but like, yeah, Ashley had a more of a punk feel. Like Devil yeah. in the Closet, you know? Exactly. So, and then like, there was also Nigel Kennedy, right? Like, like uh, I don't know if you remember him. I, I have I have his album that he did. Like, I think it's Dreams of Kafka or something or Kafka Dreams. Yeah. Where he did his own original compositions. I wasn't too crazy about his original stuff. I loved when he played Bach. I loved the, his passion when, when he's mm. out of this usual classical repertoire. Because he comes from like the Manuin school of music, which is like this really crazy violin, mm. like English British school. Um, and he's phenomenal violinist. But originally, music he did not inspire me too much. Um, no. No, like and Nirvana see, did more. <laughs> like, and and C. Herman also pointed out that Ashley had demons. So and he did. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. um, so uh, you you just com- you just completed a, an album, and yeah. like, so how is it? How is this album? How do you feel that this album differs from what you've done before? Well, this album took about three years to practice and two and a half days to record. So it was it was the first album I've ever wow. recorded. Yeah, it was it's phenomenal. Like, life of the floor. It was literally life of the floor. And we had a phenomenal engineer who also ended up being basically also produced producing the act the record with a coat with the whole band. It was a collaborative project, like everybody was involved from the drummer, guitarist, bassist, myself, and we all contributed. We all worked equally on it, which was quite different than before. Like I wasn't like throwing any like uh, fits and wanting my way. Like I'm just like listening to people and actually being a team like, like part of the team. And I think that's what made this album sound incredible. We all have stakes in this album. We all wanted to, to do super well. Um, phenomenal. It's, it's like, it's the energy is more live than anything. If, if the tr- track, I mean, if the song could not be recorded three times, we would drop it. It was like, we're not going to do this more. Hmm. It was like, the energy had to be right there at that moment. And it's risky to do that, but it worked. It worked. We were, we were so there. Now and then took then we rested on it for a bit and and then came back to it and basically just finished it. Um, did, you drum, did your drummer play with a click track or was um, it all just yeah. live off the floor? It was a uh, a lot of it was off, off the click track. Um, so yeah, he's just following the metronome. But there's also two completely improvised tracks hmm. that are which all, is that, always fun. Exactly. So exactly. your band still consists of. Drummer Jeff Antoine Cote, yeah. right? Guitarist Colin James Gibson and bassist yeah. Michael McDonnell, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, just want to make sure that they they get some credit here. They're phenomenal boys. They're like they're really. And we had a uh, Liz uh, McCulchek, 
I call it Kowalczyk, sorry, Kowalczyk on the cello, and Tangi from uh, uh, previously from Lemon Bucket and also from um, uh, oh God, what's that? Uh, Mosquito Blues. Uh, of what was, anyways, he played uh, accordion in one of the tracks too. Oh, no. Okay, range. very cool. And so, uh, he's an accordion player, right? On. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and the thing is, like, one thing I've always noticed is that you all, you have a lot of ethnic influences in all in all the various various tracks that I've heard you do. Um, is that from? Now, how much of that is from all the travels around the world that you've done, or just like, or how much is that? It's just basically from your upbringing. Like, I don't know what your parents listened to, or like, obviously Beatles. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, yeah. Like, you know but. Um, a lot of it. A lot of it, I think, comes from Toronto as as a city. Like growing up, spending my like my, definitely more like my teenage years here, like I jammed with so many different musicians. And as yeah. I traveled, I picked a lot of things up on the road, um, a lot on the road. But still, I think I think it's the formative years of like teenage years of busking in Toronto and just going to every possible jam session. Somehow that all like kind of like got into my subconscious, into that whole soup of things. And yeah, it's yeah, I think so. A lot of that. And also spending lots of time in Montreal. A lot okay. of time in Montreal. So back Very and cool. forth for almost 25 years going back and forth. Has made a huge difference. Yeah, twenty five years. What am I saying? Yeah, wow. Yeah, twenty five. Well, didn't years. you name? Didn't you name one of your songs or one of your albums after the Via Train? Yeah, it goes between Absolutely. Toronto and <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. I was living on that train. Like it was, it was, it's phenomenal. I, I think to be honest, it's like that's the best thing about living in, in Canada is having the two worlds that are very different but yeah. still very connected. Toronto and Montreal are kind of like sister cities in a very interesting way. We're very fortunate to have that. Very yeah, cool. All Montreal is just a wonderful place. It really is. I love it. It's a great city. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, how many years have you been playing the Beaches Jazz Festival? I was trying to figure that out. Um, it's confusing because I took a it's few It's more years, than so. 10. It's more, it's, it's, it's more than 10. It's like 15 or 16. There's two years I didn't do it. And then, so I think it's overall maybe 15 years I've done it. Okay. 15 or 16 Okay, the, what do you like about it so much? Um, it's it's a point of comparison for the rest of the year. It's like you always need that one event that had such an importance in your life. Because uh, the first time we did it, we kind of accidentally caused a riot. And back then I had my Montreal <laughs> band. <laughs> and it's like we had no idea what we were doing. And my Montreal band consisted, consisted of really powerful young players who all ended up massive people in the music business. Like my guitarist Pierre-Luc at the time. Ended up producing Titanium, that David Guetta Sia track. Hey, really? Yeah. And then, like, everyone's kind of like a harpist. We had an electric harpist, the first band to have that. Uh, and it was Mary Michelle. She is, she's phenomenal. She, her career, uh, the drummer at the time, Mark Andre, anyways, he's, he just produced uh, a Juno award winning album. And it's like, so everyone had their thing. Uh, and uh, so it was a very powerful, we were all crazy and ego-driven kids that all had to prove things individually thrown in a group together. So we came here and like, and people were like, what is this? What is going on? And, um, and yeah, we had to shut down our last performance because people were like getting trampled and stuff. It was that phenomenal. happens though. I mean, that yeah. happens. Yeah, absolutely. Like if, it, if that happens and it's like, I was like, that was 
that was a moment, probably one of my happiest time in my life. When people are people getting, getting tired. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. That was a great time. Uh, oh, my God. I love it. Was, what did you do yesterday, Eugene? Oh, no, no big deal. I just started a riot in downtown <laughs> yeah. Toronto. It was awesome. With a violin. No biggie. Yeah, exactly. It was just like <laughs> violin riot. Yeah, know? totally. Oh, man, it was good times. So, yeah, and like, I don't know if you have if you have any opinions on whether there is some jazz at the Beaches Jazz Festival, but not that much, honestly. <laughs> so, like, do you think it's a do you think that the name of the festival is a bit of a misrepresentation? Um, well, I think it's like if you look at a lot of modern jazz festivals, everything is very mixed up. When I go to Montreal just, or Montreux, um, I was just in Copenhagen for their jazz fest for a bit before. I think it was, uh, And everyone's got their own thing kind of going on. But a lot of they still have a traditional jazz. Like, I wish there was more free jazz. I want to see some crazy Oh, that would be great. Yeah. There's not, not a lot of that. There's not a lot of that, you know. It's um, like. And that's kind of the, the basis. Like, you want to inspire the next generation. This is what these festivals are important for. Obviously, to entertain all, like, everybody. But I also wanted, like, for me, it was inspiring to go to these festivals as a kid because you're broke and you want to go see shows. Um, and it's like you want to inspire kids with some very extreme music because kids tend to go for a counterculture. And we need a bit of more. And jazz still has counterculture within it somewhere. Still does. It still does. Yeah. I was I just, just like, so... It. so I, uh, like I'm g- <laughs> all right. I'm still high off of the vacation I just had. Okay, nice. So <laughs> in yeah, altitude in Nepal. <laughs> I, so um, when I was in Quebec City, there is a great, 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 and I'm going to talk about it later on in this episode, ladies and gentlemen, and, and people out there. But um, there's a great cl- jazz club in Quebec City called the Bar Saint Angel, and. Uh, I I spent two di- two nights in a row there, and it's jam packed, and it's like there's hardly any room for anybody. But it's like the amount, the level of talent that that place draw that that place draws, best singers, best drummers, best upright bass, best guitarists. It's like it's like uh, and you're and you're right <laughs> jam packed in there. In the it was amazing. It was ama- It's absolutely amazing. And uh. And the and the thing is, it draws such a young crowd. It's like totally. it's not it's not just old codgers that are that are that are getting into Bar Saint Angel. There are pe- there are twenty year old people like waiting outside the door to get in, and they and and it's just like they want to see this, and it's it really and it warms my heart. It, it scares me, man, because I don't think I don't think there's much like that left in downtown Toronto anymore. I really don't. I I I. Oh. I used to play. Um, I'm a I'm a drummer, uh, Doctor Doctor Draw. So I I used to play in uh, jazz bands from from time to time. Actually, my my drums are right right. Oh, nice behind oh, me. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yamaha Absolute Maple Custom. Thank you very nice. much. And uh, so my wife my wife bought me bought me them. Thank you, Jen. And um, I I used to play um, with the jazz trio with an old friend of mine, Leon, who's just an amazing upright bassist. Uh, shout out C. Herman. And um, he, uh, we used to play at a place in downtown Toronto. Does anybody remember the Montreal Bistro? Does anybody yes. remember that place? Yes, right on Adelaide. So uh, we used to play there 
And it was so cool and so hip and so wonderful. It's just like it was like with that like red velour carpet and all the booths that were like, you know, in the back, like the banquettes and all that. And then there was tables in the middle. And then the band, we would sit up like on just on this little rise, just like a foot and a half riser. And everyone would sit and just watch us play. And the vibe was so cool. And there's candles everywhere. And it's just like it's literally just something out of out of a movie and you don't see things like that anymore like you just don't see things like that and i know they're hidden gems and even even out here it's we'll see her oh really they're, they're hard to find they're hard to find well see herman is talking about how janice hagan still plays the reservoir in toronto oh, the, the reservoir, reservoir lounge. lounge yeah yeah i haven't yeah. been there in years yeah yeah. Me neither. I ha- it's been a long time, but uh, sorry to interrupt, Army Chris. Like, what what's going on in Edmonton? It's I don't know if it's tied tied to COVID. I mean, a lot of these small hidden gem venues that would cater to very niche music like that are they they died out. They just couldn't afford to keep the doors open, which is mm-hmm. sad. But glimmers of hope exist. Yeah. There was a place, and I can't remember the name of it. It was 118th Avenue, which is not like the nicest street in the city. <clears throat> and it was like a uh, a funk night. Oh. But they nice. catered to like jazz and, and, you know, kind of like that offbeat, non-mainstream stuff. And uh, I, I went down there and had an amazing time. Great little venue, very small. You're only going to fall or find, sorry, find small venues that are going to cater to those types of environments but i can promise you one thing when you go to those places it is worth the experience yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm saying that's i appreciate it because it's very much intimate you know oh absolutely that's what that's why i can't get over bar saint angel in uh in quebec city it it's it's a special place you know and like you owe it to yourself like if you if you're ever in that city go go mm-hmm. if like uh i'm sure that army chris would say the same thing about this place that he's he's talking about in edmonton on the 118th right yeah yardbird suite on white Ave is another one there, there's a there's a few small ones but i mean it's it's hard for those guys to stay afloat in in, in the economy we live in. i'm not turning into that conversation but hold on to those gems people if you know a spot where you can see some just some different cool music in a small, intimate environment, go there. Go there and see people play there while you can because they might not be there the next day. And that's like what you're talking about with that spot. Dr. Draw, what are some of the places uh, around the world, anywhere pretty much around the world, that you can think of? Some of your favorite places that you've That played? you'd like to play. That's what I want to well, know. Actually, the funny thing is that, as I said, I said about the little bar, there used to be a, a bar in Montreal called Jason or something. Jason is like, it was by, Mon- uh, by Mont-Royal subway station, the metro station. Right, up, first, right, right off the mountain, Mount Royal. Not the mountain, but it was uh, just where the, um, uh, the 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 station is, like the metro. Um, and it was this one little bar. I, I don't it doesn't exist anymore. But I remember walking in there when I was like sixteen, and my friends brought me there. And like, I mean, you you could drink at a bar as long as your head goes above the bar. So at that time, it's like, go in there, yeah. get a beer, and it was a tiny little place. And there was this bass player playing, and he was a legend. I think he passed away shortly after this performance from what I've heard. And he was this crazy bass player. Forgot his name. I'll remember it eventually. Um, and and he was just crazy. I've never seen a bass player like this. He was like Charles Mingus. Like, just oh, wow. hands are flying. Like, 
it was phenomenal and i was just so inspired and he apparently was a self-taught bassist from what i've heard and he was like the legend of montreal i'm sure if you google are you um charlie biddle maybe i'll find you know what i'll find out i'll find out he was passed away like maybe like 20 something we might be talking about charlie biddle maybe maybe like very slender man um Mm. phenomenal Mm. Yeah, I look. I think it is. It could have been. I could have been. So that sounds very familiar. I'm so bad with names, but anyways, that was one of the most inspiring moments because in Toronto, like I went to the Rex a lot as a kid. Yeah, uh, the Rex. And then it was phenomenal. It was just like, and then I'm still friends with a lot of people that work at the Rex at the time. Still, same thing. Coming in like back then, it was so easy. Like you get served as a kid. I mean, like I shouldn't say it, but mm-hmm. as a teenager. And I used to bring my violin and go up and play. And it was Bob Mover that used to pop in town, a saxophonist. And it was like, it was a community. It was like, so that was good, fun things. But presently, I play a lot at the Drome in Toronto, which is really nice. The where? Drome. Drome to Burnout. Where is oh, that? Okay. That's yeah, uh, that? Augusta and Queen. Oh, um, oh, uh, oh, Kensington. Kensington. Yeah. And if uh, it's a phenomenal venue. It's uh, one of the only venues in Toronto I have that caters to world music crowd. Um, it's a community. It's a scene. It gets rammed all the time. Excellent. Excellent. We still exist. Good. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. It's the swing dance thing on Tuesdays. Um, I'm playing there Christ. at 2.30 in the morning on Friday after we do the beaches. 2.30 in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, that, right after you're done, like after you're done, like, yeah, because like you're done, you're done out at Beecher Cafe at eleven a eleven p.m. Right? Yep. And then you're heading over to Drome Drome Taverna. Okay, excellent. That's gonna be nuts. Wow. So Drone. we have one more song to play by you, um, Romani. It, what do you want to? What do you? What do you want to say? Anything interesting about this track to you? Well, it's it's my return to my. I do have a, a bit of uh, Romani blood. From my father's side, and and a lot of people people have been saying that like even in, in my family they're like you you are Romani you are like part kid I should say it, but part gypsy was so like if it is in your blood it's part of your culture, um, and I I just when I started I I was trying to create a track that would have that feel years ago and I just like hummed the melody and then put it down same thing kind of structured the song roughly called up uh, my buddy uh, Serge Nicol again. He's a Montenegrin uh, guitarist that always plays all over Toronto. He rocked the track. He's a phenomenal musician. And then uh, my producer put some bass to it, and we made this house track, recorded, recorded, did a crazy video all throughout Toronto, like bouncing around this, like on the street, uh, almost, almost got into a fight in Kensington Market for shooting it. Um, it was like, it was, it was a, a lot of crazy characters got involved. It was like basically me calling up all my friends and be like, who wants to be in a music video? And there's like 80 chances you can get in. And they're like, hey, let's do it. <laughs> it's really sweet. It's That's really awesome. nice. That's Very awesome. cool, man. Very cool. I think you guys will definitely do it. Enjoy it. So um, it, it's been awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. Friends. And it's this been, a, awesome. and I guess it's like, and you and I keep running into each other <laughs> all the time, <laughs> all the yeah. time, all the time. And now, and now we got to, and now we got to be on the show together. So, Dr. Draw, it's been a pleasure. Everybody, 
Thanks, come to the beach. Come to the Beaches Jazz Festival this weekend from Thursday to Sunday. You can find Dr. Draw playing various times of the day outside the Beecher Cafe on Queen Street East and on Friday night at 2... Well, Saturday morning at 2.30 <laughs> in the morning. So Friday night, Saturday morning, 2.30 a.m. at Drum Taberna at totally. Kensington Market. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a he's got a special sound. And uh, we're going to treat you to some more of it right now on Revolution Radio. This is Dr. Draw with Romani. Yeah. Thanks Thank very you much. For hanging out Thank with you, us. Brent. This Thank has you. been awesome. I'll see you super Thanks, soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thanks. you. Thanks a lot. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, listen to this with you guys.
I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.